You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the San Jose Mercury News. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube or wherever it is that you get your podcast. This is, of course, the only podcast that brings you daily Golden State Warriors content every day, Monday through Friday. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app. Follow me at WC Goldberg to get in on the action. I will be going live on Greenroom later today with Dieter Kurtenbach, my colleague over at the San Jose Mercury News, noon Pacific time. We are going to be doing a mock draft. We have uh, we had our mock draft 1.0 up on the San Jose Mercury News website right after the lottery. This is mock draft 2.0 with all the latest intel. Uh, that we're hearing from Golden State, and then, of course, our own opinions and scattering reports that we've done. But on today's episode, which is streaming live on YouTube, the first time we're ever doing this, if you have any questions uh, or comments, you can put those in the chat, and I will try to get to as many as I can. But today's episode is what we do here every Monday, which is a Warriors mailbag. You control what we talk about on the show. You dictate the questions and I give you the best answers I possibly can. So let's just jump right into it. This first question comes from Kumar, who writes in, should Golden State go all in for Damian Lillard? Uh, The simple answer to this question is yes, absolutely. Uh, It's Damian Lillard. And before we get into the trade package and what all of that could look like, the concern that the Warriors would be too small with Damian Lillard, that for some reason... (laughs) uh, they, the, what they would lack in defense wouldn't be worth acquiring the player, a player with the talent of Damian Lillard, is insane to me. If you have an opportunity to go get Damian Lillard, you just do it, and then you figure it out all later, right? I mean, Damian Lillard is a guy who, like Steph, is in the MVP conversation. If you put Damian Lillard and Steph Curry on the same team, defensive concerns be damned. It doesn't matter. You have the two best scoring point guards in the league, right? I mean, maybe you put James Harden in that situation if you to find him as a point guard, which I do. But nobody shoots from 45, uh, 40 feet, 35 feet, the way that Steph and Damian Lillard do. The spacing would be insane, and that's not even including when you factor in Clay Thompson. So whatever you have to give up for Damian Lillard, you do it, because that would be an offensive team that we've never seen before. And if you look at the landscape of the NBA right now, what, Brook- what Brooklyn has going on with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving... They got injured. That's why they're not in the NBA Finals right now. And I don't mean to take anything away from Milwaukee, but I do think that Brooklyn was the best team in the East and will be next year if they're healthy and should be the favorites to win the whole thing because there is so much talent on that roster. And I know that there's some defensive concerns, but you can always go get a Blake Griffin or something like that on a minimum minimum contract. Veterans will want to play with you. And it's easier to fill out your roster in some respects with that kind of group, with a a star-studded group where ring-chasing vets are going to want to play with you than any other situation where, yeah, you might have a little bit more cap room or mid-level exceptions or whatever. No. Give me that. Give me Damian Lillard and Steph Curry playing on one team. The other part of it, too, is I don't understand that Warriors fans who uh, don't want Damian Lillard. I mean, if you're really a Warriors fan, look, I'm not going to call fanhood into question. I'm just going to call into question, like, how you feel about entertainment generally. 
If you have an opportunity to watch Steph and Damian Lillard on the same court every single day, every single game, why on earth would you not root for that? Why would you not want to watch that? That, to me, is the most bananas thing when I hear Warriors fans being like, no, I'd rather be a little bit better defensively. Okay, now let's talk about what it would potentially cost Golden State. Right here uh, at fanspo.com, which is an excellent, excellent trade machine. If you're not using it, uh, I, I suggest that you do. This is trade machine season after all. Damian Lillard for Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, the seventh pick, the 14th pick. I'm not saying that that gets it done, but that's where you start, right? And then if you need to layer in other draft picks, other assets, if Portland asks for Jordan Poole or something like that, yeah, you just say, you know what, take it. Whatever it costs, we'll do it for Damian Lillard. Because not only is Damian Lillard as good as he is, he's also under contract for four more years. I mean, you got him locked in. I haven't even talked about the Oakland connection, which would just be fun, right? It would just be fun. So if you're the Warriors and you have an opportunity to do this, if you're Bob Myers, you have an opportunity to do this, you don't even blink. You just do it, right? You absolutely do it. I got this email this morning from betonline.ag. Damian Lillard's next team if traded. The Knicks, 8-5 to five odds. Philadelphia, 9-4 to four odds. Golden State, 4-1 to one odds. Miami, 7-1 to one odds. And then it goes to the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Celtics, and the Raptors. I don't... Th- I actually think the Celtics should be more of a consideration here because they have some interesting things that they could put together. Um, the Knicks, I'm not really sure why they're the favorites, according to betonline.ag. Um, R.J. Barrett, every draft pick that they have from that Kristaps Porzingis trade. Maybe they put Julius Randle in the deal. I mean, I, I would do it. I wouldn't, if I'm the Knicks, I wouldn't blink, but I don't know if I'm Portland that, that that's all that. Like, R.J. Barrett seems nice. Julius Randle probably just had the best year of his career. I mean, it was the best year of his career to this point. It might be the best year of his career when he's done playing. Philadelphia obviously has the Ben Simmons thing. I would put them as the favorite if anybody. I would put them as the favorite if anybody. No cap 757, what's going on, man? He says, exactly. I've been saying if you can get Dame, you get him. I don't understand Warriors fans. They didn't want Harden either because he went to strip clubs and parties, SMH. Um, Yeah, like... I said before, if you can get Harden, go get him. If you can go get Damian Lillard, go get him, man. No doubt. No doubt. If you get him, I mean, think about it this way. Take the defense and all the questions of depth and stuff like that off the table. If the Warriors were to trade for Damian... All right, let's let's take one step back, actually. The Warriors don't make a Damian Lillard trade. I'm not saying they can or if it's even available or if Portland would even want that. That's not what I'm talking about. Let's just say hypothetically that it's on the table and they say, you know what? No, let's go the depth route. We don't want to sacrifice defense, whatever the whatever the, the reason is. And the Warriors go into next season with this roster, the 7th pick, the 14th pick. Maybe you trade one of them for some sort of veteran, uh, middling kind of borderline starter level veteran. Maybe... Best case scenario, free agent. You go get Kevin Love on a buyout market, something like that. That's best case scenario, free agency. Best case scenario. Are the Warriors the favorites in the Western Conference? I think they're certainly contenders. I wouldn't say that they're the favorites by any stretch. I think you still put them with the Lakers. Depending on what happens with Kawhi, I still think you put the Clippers up there. Phoenix. I know Chris Paul is old, but let's not... Let's not act like Phoenix isn't going to be any worse next year. They're going to be really good. Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, those guys are just going to get better. Even if Chris Paul takes a step back, Phoenix is going to be right back in the mix next year. Don't think of this as a one-off or a fluke for Phoenix. 
Utah, Denver, all these teams, they're right back in it. I think Golden State is right there with them, potentially, if this offseason goes as well as it could anything short of an all-star trade, superstar trade. Okay. Now run it back with Damian Lillard. Throw Damian in there. Take Andrew Wiggins off. Take James Wiseman off. Take off 7-7. Seven, seven, take off 14. Lillard, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kevon Looney. That's your starting lineup. Go find ring-chasing vets to fill out the bench. Hell, you could still get Kevin Love, by the way. That team is favored in the Western Conference. It has to be. So I just say think about it that way. It's not a guarantee that you're walking into the finals. Everybody knows injuries can happen. Things happen. But if healthy, Golden State and Brooklyn are going to the finals, and the Warriors are playing Kevin Durant a couple of years after he left in the NBA Finals. I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it to people who don't who are not all in on Damian Lillard. I, I, just, I don't get it. Um, all right, we're going to continue on with our mailbag here in a bit. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. But unlike most protein bars, it actually tastes good and it's good for you. Built Bar is great for health-conscious men and women, whether you want to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they have plenty of delicious flavors available now. Coconut. Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. I've been munching on the orange lately. Just I, I like the fruit inside the chocolate. It's a it's a age-old uh, winning combination. You can't go wrong. Strawberry, orange, raspberry, all that kind of stuff wrapped inside chocolate. It's a delicious uh, protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. If you don't have a favorite yet, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two each of nine different flavors. So that's what I recommend for newcomers to Built Bar. Not only is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar, but it's healthy too. Check out these macros. Um, seven to eight, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. I mean, this Built Bar works for virtually every single diet out there. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's get to this next question from Big Tuna. Is Josh Giddy a real option at number seven? Yeah, he is. I can tell you Josh Giddy is absolutely being considered at number seven. Davion Mitchell is an option at seven. Uh, if I were to bet on it today... If Mitchell and Giddy were both on the board at seven, I think they would lean Mitchell, but I don't feel great about it. I think Josh Giddy, if you're looking for an upside play and also a guy who can contribute right away, that to me is the name I'm circling. He's six eight, can play make, great feel for the game, a good finisher at the basket. Defensively, he has the size to be versatile enough, even though his one-on-one -on -one defense was suspect at times at the NBL. But he played in the NBL, which is a, is a good league, grown man league, and just showed flashes of being a superstar caliber type of player. Right? Every If, if the Warriors have any regret over not taking LaMelo last year, this is their chance to get that right. Right? Like LaMelo. He's a, he's a big, oversized point guard. Giddy is a point guard. Okay? who can load up the box score, 11, 7, and 7 basically last year in the NBL, very similar to what LaMelo was doing with rebounds and assists, just, just packing the box score. Uh, he can affect the game in a lot of different ways. His jumper, like LaMelo's was, a little shaky. 
We don't know if he's going to be able to defend at a high level, but LaMelo overcame all of those things when Rookie of the Year in Charlotte looks like the future franchise building block that they've been looking for. I think Giddy could be very similar. I'm not saying he's as flashy or has that superstar quality that all the intangibles that LaMelo has, but he has a very similar skill set. And I think if you're the Warriors, you can pencil him in as your backup point guard. He could play with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole could be more of a scoring combo guard, which is what he is. He could play up-tempo, fast-paced with James Wiseman in that second unit. I think there's a lot of things you could do with him. You could play him next to Steph and Clay, and he can kind of be that Andre Iguodala-type oversized kind of playmaker who can keep Steph off the ball, let him do all those Steph Curry things that Steph Curry likes to do. Uh, I I think Josh Giddey very much is in consideration at number seven, along with Davion Mitchell, James Booknight, uh, Franz Wagner, uh, uh, Keon Johnson. I think these guys are all in consideration at number seven. All the guys that, look, this, they're not, it's not like the Warriors are going to reach at number seven, okay? I, I, I really don't think that they will. All the guys that you're seeing in mock drafts around number seven, those are those are the guys. Um, but I think if, if, if Mitchell is on their board, I still think they end up going in that direction, but a lot can change between now and the draft. And it would not shock me whatsoever if they ended up going Josh Giddy at number seven. Rudy Gaspar writes in, if Jonathan Kaminga is there at seven, do they have to take him for his upside or asset value for a future trade package? If Jonathan Kaminga is there at seven, I do think that they have to take him. And I think they would take him. I don't think the Warriors are shying away from upside. I have been banging the table saying, just go get the guy you can help you right away. And Kaminga, I love Kaminga's upside. I actually think people have been hating on him a little bit too much lately. Uh, they're, they're kind of labeling him as a slider. I don't think he slides to seven. I think he still ends up uh, being picked in the top six. But, and that's based on uh, conversations that I have around the league. Multiple front office people, they think that Kaminga, and they, they are still penciling in Kaminga not being there by seven. Um, but if he is there at seven, his upside is such that you kind of have to take him. And I don't think that the Warriors have the resources to tap into that upside. I think Kaminga, what Kaminga needs is playing time. And you could put him in the G League and you could figure it out. But he just played in the G League for a year. So I don't, you could do another year for him in the G League, maybe another half season. I don't really know how much more he's going to get out of it. To me, I think Kaminga needs to play at the NBA level. He needs to stretch his game out. Uh, he needs to really be tested um, by a coaching staff. And I think the Warriors, with the player development improvements that they've done to that coaching staff this offseason, could do that tech, uh, uh, but, but potentially in, in practice and things like that. But I don't think that they have the playing time available for him during the regular season. So if I were them, I would, if Kaminga is there at seven, that phone, those phone lines are wide open. I'm saying, who wants to move up? And by the way, if Kaminga is there at seven, somebody will want to move up. I promise you, somebody will want to move up, and the Warriors would get a decent package to trade back, depending on how far it would be. Um, okay, JG Preston writes in, call me crazy, Wes, but can James Wiseman turn into DeAndre Ayton? I know there were a lot of rough spots in James's rookie year, but there's so much talent there. Uh I think if you're the Warriors, you look at what the Suns have been able to do in these playoffs, and you look at James Wiseman, and you say, we hope he can be a lot like DeAndre Ayton. Now, a couple things before we get into that. DeAndre Ayton, coming out of Arizona, was the number one pick. A much better prospect back then than James Wiseman was coming out of Memphis. And that is not revisionist. That is not me saying something about James Wiseman's rookie year. There were people really, really high on James Wiseman coming out of three games in Memphis including the Warriors, who that's why they took him at number two. But a lot of guys were really, really high on him. There were GMs that would have taken Wiseman number one over Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball. 
Okay, there were people really high on Wiseman. He was still nobody thought he was the prospect that DeAndre Ayton was. Who, by the way, Ayton was picked after or 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 number one before guys like Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So there's a lot of people who were really high on Wiseman, but I don't think anybody thought that he was the prospect that DeAndre Ayton was coming out of Arizona. That said, very similar skill set, right? And I think when you you look at Wiseman and his fluidity and his athleticism and his ability to play above the rim and everything that we know Wiseman to be. The potential is there for him to be a center who can be in the game on the floor at the end of games. And we have seen guys like Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year, played off the floor in the playoffs. Teams don't want to be put in that situation. They want centers who could be on the floor, seven-footers who are athletic, who can score at the basket, who can also be on the floor in the last five minutes of a crunch time game, right? James Wiseman, I'm not saying he is not there yet. But he has all of the potential, all the physical traits to be that. Now, I don't know if he could be that by the time the playoffs roll around this year. The, the, the MCL thing is serious. Steve Kerr, the Warriors, believe he could be back by training camp, but he's going to miss summer league. So he's going to go for his first two years of his career without a summer league. It's not the end of the world, but he's also losing an entire offseason of potential development. He was going to, you know, work with Kevin Garnett over the offseason. There's no better way to learn defense and, and versatile defense and to learn it from Kevin Garnett, right? The patron saying a versatile defense from his center. But uh, he's not going to have that opportunity now. He's going to have to take a major leap coming off of a major injury. Uh, I think he's probably more two years away from making that DeAndre Ayton type of leap, okay? And by the way, it took Ayton three years to get to where he is. I think it'll probably take Wiseman about four years total to get to where he, anywhere close to what Ayton is doing in this postseason. Um, that's just my guess. Right, that's just my guess based on where Wiseman was when he got hurt, and and just the developmental curves usually associated with guys like James Wiseman. But he could surprise everybody, right? You never know really when these leaps are going to come. But uh, that would be the hope, right? And I still think that's what the Warriors are looking at. Um, all right, we're gonna get to this question from Dulo Twist in a moment. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA playoffs are on, and even though the Warriors aren't a part of it, you can be. Take a look at the spreads, money lines, over-unders, and more at Bet Online. I just read you the Damian Lillard uh, prop bets, where he's going to end up. If you feel very strongly about where Damian Lillard is going to be playing next year, you could bet on that at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's free money to win more money with, okay? A 50% welcome bonus is really nice. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, let's get to this next question from Dulo Twist, who writes in, what's with the offseason obsession with tiny six-foot guards? Davion Mitchell, Sharif Cooper, Colin Sexton. Did the Warriors coaches in front office indicate in exit interviews that they needed to get smaller? Will the Bucks' success deter the Warriors from trying to add more miniature guards? I don't believe that the Warriors are looking specifically to get smaller, and I think there is quite a bit of snark <laughs> in this listener question, but Bob Myers has said that they need to find more playmaking and more shooting. And usually you find playmaking and shooting in smaller guards, right? That's usually where those skills reside. Now, if you can go get a guy who's 6'8", who can space the floor and make plays for you, then of course they would prefer to do that. 
But Kevin Durant's not walking through that door. Paul George, like, they're not trading for Paul George. It's not happening. You can't, you don't have the cap space to go sign Kawhi Leonard. If they could get a guy who could play, make, and shoot at, at, in a 6-7 frame, obviously they would do it. But if they believe that they need to add shooting and playmaking, usually the best way to go get that is smaller guard. Those are, tend to be the players who do those things. So uh, I don't I don't think I... I, I kind of understand the Colin Sexton thing. To me, yeah, he's a scorer. He could basically be a, a, a jumbo... Uh, or I shouldn't say jumbo, but um, a super six-man for you, a 20-point-per-game type scorer off the bench. Uh, he is smaller. There are defensive concerns. There are playmaking concerns with Colin Sexton, but he is under a reasonable contract right now. The problem is that he hits restricted free agency, and they're going to have to give him a, a massive extension in order to keep him. That'll pay him probably upwards of 20, probably closer to $30 million a year. And if that's the case, then I don't see them doing that, or uh, I, I just don't think Colin Sexton is worth that in the role that he would play for the Warriors. Maybe he's worth that for some other team where, that could start him somewhere. Um, but as far as a guy who you can acquire... You could get, you could basically trade the seventh pick for Colin Sexton straight up, right? It would, you have to, you know, consummate the deal 30 days after the draft, but under the salary cap rules, you could do it. Now, I don't know that the Cavs would do that. I'm just saying under the cap, under the CBA, you could do that and not miss and, and not have to sacrifice any type of depth, um, any sort of meaningful depth. That said, um, the Sexton stuff, I don't love that fit. Davion Mitchell, like I said, I think he makes a ton of sense for the Warriors at number seven. I know there's analytically more inclined people that don't love him. He's 22, will be 23 by the time the season starts. Not really long, not great size. Uh, you look at his shooting as not just his last year, junior year at Baylor, but over the course of his career from Auburn to Baylor, three years that he was playing, uh, it, the numbers aren't great, okay? But I still think when you watch him on film, man, he just does things that other players in this draft just don't do. I mean, he is a guy who can defend at an elite level right away. And if you're the Warriors and you're just looking to improve this team, you know if you draft Davion Mitchell, your team will be better today than it was yesterday if you draft Davion Mitchell. Um, all right. Darrell writes in, who are some starting level veteran players that the Warriors can acquire with the 7th and 14th picks? That's a great question. And the Warriors are open to trading 7 and 14. They are actively looking at deals that will improve their team in a meaningful way using 7 and 14. Now, I don't get the impression that there's much of a market out there for what it is that the Warriors are looking for. Could they package 7 and 14, uh, consummate the deal 30 days later? You could do that uh, and get a guy worth about $9 million. Okay. I don't know who the starter quality level player is at $9 million. Now, names that I've floated out there in the past, Utah. Joe Ingles, does Utah try to uh, mix things up, maybe revamp the roster with some young talent, right? Because right now they're picking at number 30. Uh, do they try to line things up more in Donovan Mitchell's timeline and say, you know what, let's move a veteran, get two lottery picks. We trust our scouting. We really like this draft. Let's see what we can do. I have no idea where the Jazz stand on this draft. But if they feel strongly about players that they could get at 7-14, and 14, and I don't know what kind of scouting work they've done, because they have the 30th pick, not a pick in the lottery, uh, then maybe they would. And if you're the Warriors, you'd have to really consider a guy like Ingles, who's a starter quality player, a guy who was in the running for six man of the year. Fits all six, seven playmaker who can space the floor, defends at a high level. Now he's a little bit older than you'd like, but you would help he would help you in a playoff setting. He could close games for you in the postseason. 
Uh, that's one name. Larry Nance Jr., that's a name I've seen thrown around. I like the fit in Golden State. I don't like getting, I don't like parting with a lottery pick necessarily. I wouldn't part with seven for Larry Nance Jr. I would consider moving number 14 for Larry Nance Jr. Uh, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast is a mock draft uh, for the entire first round. And I actually did end up trading number 14 for a veteran. Um, I won't tell you who it is because I really do want you to tune in to that special. Uh, it's running on the Locked On, again, the Locked On uh, Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. It's a really cool mock draft idea that we've been doing uh, using all the resources of the Locked On Podcast Network. So I really, I, I highly encourage you to check that out wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. But uh, I ended up I ended up moving number 14 for a veteran who I didn't think was going to be available. But the the quote unquote GM for that team hit me up and asked if he can move up. The only reason it happened is because James Booknight fell all the way to number 14 and that that GM wanted to move up for Booknight. And I had to weigh whether or not I wanted to take Booknight and all that upside or move that pick for the veteran. And I ultimately ended up deciding to move the pick for the veteran uh, and, and a future first rounder, which was pretty nice. But check that out. Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, all right. Let's get to some questions here in the comments. Give me a moment to just sort of scroll through here. Thanks to everybody who is tuning in. This is the first time we've done a live uh, YouTube show here. So this is pretty cool. Um, would you trade Wiggins 7 and 14 for Brandon Ingram? Would I do it? Um, I don't know what the Warriors think about Brandon Ingram. He tended, he was an all-star a couple of years ago, regressed a little bit last year. Seems to be a little bit of a ball stopper. I like the scoring upside there, but he hasn't shown me yet that ability to be apex predator wing, go get me a bucket in the last five minutes. I haven't seen that from Brandon Ingram yet. And so right now, I would probably say no. I would probably say no, because I think with seven, you can get a good player. Wiggins is a nice fit. 14, I think you can get a good player. To me, Brandon Ingram is really good. I just don't know how much better he is, honestly, than Andrew Wiggins at this point. It has nothing to do with seven and 14. I, I mean, but to, but to use those assets, I don't know what the upgrade from Wiggins. And I, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. I might regret that take you know, tomorrow. I, I don't know. But just off the cuff right now, I would really hesitate. Now, if I can keep one of those lottery picks, even if it's 14, if I could do Wiggins and seven for Brandon Ingram, then I would really think about it. I don't really know. I don't think that the Warriors would do it. And that's probably more helpful to you than, than what I would do. Uh, I don't think that the Warriors would do it. I think they really like Wiggins, and I think they really like this draft. Um, if they can move seven and 14 for Brandon Ingram and keep Wiggins, yeah, then they would do it. But to move Wiggins 7 and 14 for Ingram, I don't think they would. And by the way, I don't think I don't see the reason New Orleans would do that, by the way. Andrew Wiggins is an awful fit for what they're looking to do. He doesn't I know he's shot 38%, but he's not a floor spacer. He shot 38% because he was playing next to Steph and getting assists from Draymond. Okay. He's not really a 38% shooter from three-point range. Uh unlike a team like New Orleans that has no spacing. Okay. 714 are nice, but the Pelicans have a ton of draft picks. They don't need more draft picks. They're trying to use these draft picks and go get another superstar for Zion Williamson. So that's the other thing about this. I don't, this doesn't even become a conversation because I don't think New Orleans ever touches that. I, I think they don't have any reason for that. Um, how about trading with Oklahoma City? They have some players 
I'd rather than have a rookie, maybe Shai Gilgis Alexander or Darius Basley. They're not moving Shai Gilgis Alexander for seven and fourteen. Uh, they love Shay. They're they they're more likely to move Shay to move up in the draft, not to add more picks or to go get another superstar. Darius ba- uh, Basley is nice, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think he's better than a seven fourteen. Yeah, I, I I don't see any reason. And like again, I don't. I think Oklahoma City is more about moving up in this draft, if anything. I don't, or or in future drafts. I don't think that they necessarily want to do that kind of thing. Um, who do you think they can get to upgrade small forward on defense? I think in the draft, there's a couple guys. I think Moses Moody is a little overstated how good he is defensively. I know that the metrics are great on him, the length, all that stuff, the physical stuff, things are all really great on him. Um, but he had a really bad NCAA tournament. I was never super impressed with what he did defensively. People want to call him the next Mikal Bridges. Mikal Bridges, that coming out of Villanova, way better defensively than Moses Moody is. Um, I think he's, I think Moses Moody's fine, but I just, I'm just saying he's a little overstated how good he is defensively. Um, I think if you get Chris Duarte out of Oregon, you get better defensively right away. Um, and then look, Andre Roberson is out there. If you really want to just go get better defensively, obviously questions about his offensive game. Any free agent target ideas from MJ Crastro? Um, one guy I am looking at is Kelly Olynyk out of Houston. I don't know what kind of salary he's going to get. John Hollinger wrote a piece for The Athletic a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, saying that he could get somewhere around $14, $15 million a year. Maybe that's true with the way he finished that last year in Houston, but a lot of that was just uh, stat padding you know, type of thing. I think that front offices around the league will see past that and see like, hey, he signed a really big deal in Miami, and he's just now getting out of that deal, and he was never worth it. Miami was trying to get off of him, and he couldn't finish games for them. I don't think there's going to be a team out there that pays him $14 $15 million. I wonder if the Warriors could get him for the mid-level exception. That would be a phone call I would make if I were Bob Myers. Because if you can get him, I think it's a home run at the mid-level exception. Somebody can come off the bench. You're not really hoping that he can close games for you, but he could fill in some really key minutes there at center. Can obviously space the floor, play, make but not a great rebounder, not a high-end defender by any stretch. But I think he could be helpful for what it is the Warriors like to do in the system that they like to run. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, there's, there's other guys. Like if they feel like they really need a scoring presence off the bench, Lou Williams is a free agent. I don't know if he's sticking around in Atlanta. I don't know what the Hawks' plans for him is. Um, yeah, there's some free agents I, I like. Uh, all right. That might do it. I'm going to keep going through. One quick scan. Wes, could we trade 7 and 14 for Duncan Robinson or Bogdan Bogdanovich out of Atlanta? Or could we get the other Bojan Bogdanovich from Utah? I just saw an article they're looking to trade Bojan also. Uh, I like that idea. 7 and 14, that that's a little bit of an overpay. I, I don't think any of those players are worth both lottery picks. Miami doesn't have a pick in this draft. I'd be interested to see what they would want to do. The problem with Duncan Robinson is they would have to, he's a restricted free agent, so it would have to be a sign and trade, and the Warriors would be acquiring Duncan Robinson in that sign and trade as a free agent, so then they would be hard capped. So there's really no way for the Warriors to get Duncan Robinson, okay? But one of the Bogdanoviches, I don't know what Atlanta's plans for him are. Maybe a guy like Danilo Gallinari, another veteran there, $20 million a year. The Warriors could get up to that contract with the 7 14, um, and you, and you, Add in some other contracts there. You can get up to $20, $21 million that it would take to get Gallinari. 
Um, and if Utah is looking to trade Bojan Bogdanovic, I think that's a nice fit too. I mean, if you're looking, the Warriors have been looking for a floor spacing big man for a long time. Bogdanovic certainly is that. Um, another guy is Davis Bertans out of Washington. What's their plan for him? They've drafted some big wings recently. Um, I, I, Bertans didn't have a great postseason for the Wizards. I don't know what they're looking to do if they're trying to revamp some things around them, trying to get more athleticism around Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, but that would be another direction I would look in if I were the Warriors. I don't, again, I don't know if it's 7 and 14, but uh, a direction that I would look at. Um, all right, that'll do it for us today. Um, remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating. Read my work over at the San Jose Mercury News. And then, of course, you can reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. You can email me your questions and comments. WGoldberg at BayAreaNewsGroup.com is where you can do that. Now listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams, Throughout this week-long special event, search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Now enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all tomorrow. I hope.